0: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief staff, Hallie Warner, and we were just, um, before we jumped into this episode, we were like, we had four or five different topics we wanted to cover. And Hallie just said, hey, you haven't answered this email that I sent to you. And Not I like said- Like
1: three days ago?
0: Well, then, yeah. Then I said, well, why don't we just talk about it now? So what what is the email?
1: Yeah. So I had some specific, you had shared some, um, well, you- would came into my office and had this brilliant insight. And I was like, awesome, amazing insight about um, kind of reorganizing some staff members. Um, And this is not the first time that it's happened. It happened again, almost about a year ago, I think at this point about um, reorganizing staff members. And I want to know where that aha came from. How did, where did that, that clarity come from? What were you paying attention to specifically that um, so that I can learn, and other people on the podcast can learn. What sort of things are you, as a leader, are you looking for and picking up on that um, kind of lead you to making these bigger insights that actually ch- ultimately change the trajectory of the organization?
0: Yeah, you know, and one of the reasons why I haven't responded to the email is because I haven't been. I actually don't necessarily know the exact language to use to actually describe it. Because one of the things as a leader's job, in terms of particularly the le- level of leadership that we that that I. Get the opportunity to be in um, is to is to be open and have a lot of clarity of what's going on in your organization and to be able to track patterns and see things. And so, one of the things that I always do is particularly keep in the people that we're talking about here are um, higher level leadership uh, in our world that I regularly see and communicate with. And and so, what you start to do, at least for me, and I'll just kind of walk you through my thought patterns of how this, and then getting even outside the, th- the thinking, because the reality is when the thought comes in there, I let the thought go. And then I let, then I try to let it see if it shows up again. Um, that's whether that's a, you call that a technique, I guess. I don't really know, but it's just cause the thoughts can come up and you can get thoughts about people and they can be right or wrong. Right. They just, I always, I love asking people, you know, um, track how many times throughout the day that your mind is wrong. Right. And every time I have people do this, they always come back to me and they're like, that was such a powerful exercise, right? Just to, just to think about how many times my mind is wrong. Um, and so when you use the word insight, the mind, like when I said, you know, I even asked my kid, I asked my, my kid, I asked my kids who's six, I said, Hey, where does, where thoughts show up in your body? And he points to his head, right? I said, well, where do your feelings come? And he points to his chest. And so there's like an intuitiveness to this. And so, there is a, um, when, when you have a thought around, you know, a particular employee, it may or may not be true. And so you just can't act necessarily on the first thought. What you do act on is the insight that moves you. And it's not, the thought cuts is, when you have just a thought, the thought is cut off from the rest of the body. When you have an insight, it moves everything, including your thinking. So, like, it just moves you. It's like the aha, that clickness, and it just you see it clearly, right? And you see the angle. And how you get there is by being able to, for one, triangulate a lot of information, but having a lot of clarity. So, how do you have clarity? For one, you have to make sure you're coming in every situation from a neutral standpoint, and you're letting a lot of that go. And then you just got to watch patterns. Um, so, for particular, in this case, I was just, over the last four or five months, just watching the organization, watching how um, people's interactions affected the organization. Was it really growing? And I just got this sense, right. Of that, this, that it was, we're hitting the, we're hitting a ceiling. We're kind of hitting a ceiling. And I, when when we start hitting the ceiling, that's when you, as a leader, you don't have to be like, you know, intuitive or anything like you just, Hey, our, our organization hit a ceiling. That's when you should go. Okay. Let me, let me look around what's going on. Let me just stop for a second. And let's not, let me not think, this is where I was going into thinking is mm-hmm. let me not instantly go to my mind and my mind telling me what it thinks it knows right then in that moment. Exactly. Because if you listen to that, it's probably not accurate because it's just your mind. Cause then you go, something's not quite right. Hitting a ceiling. then your mind's gonna go, I've got the answer <laughs> and it's only answers based on things that have happened. And it may or may not be true. That's not the... Uh, forget about that for a second. So you kind of put it aside, let it go. Then you start watching, you start digging in a little bit more. You start seeing the patterns of other people. Are they gravitating this person? Are they moving away from this person? Or how is their, their work ethic looking like? Are they diving in more? Are they, are they regressing in their leadership? There's a whole bunch of those things that start to happen that you start, you start leaving little like breadcrumbs, right? into the organization.
1: Do you start Looking for either evidence that your thought is true or evidence that your thought is not true.
0: I don't even, I don't even data. really allow my mind to go there. I just kind of okay. let the thought come in and let it go out. And then, and then I just start watching. But it
1: did spark. It did spark you to start watching.
0: Well, the thought didn't, it was the, if the, if I see the organization is, it's not like I'm sitting there going, okay, the organization is not where it is. That comes secondary. It's first going, something doesn't quite sit right. And it's just not something we're stuck. And then the thought will show up because it disturbed in a certain sense. But the
1: first thought was that it wasn't
0: a thought. It was just more of like, it, well, it's cause it's not a thought. It's just yeah. more of like the first, I mean, they're almost simultaneous, but the first thing is, is like, hmm, something's not right. Then the thought, right? It's like, if you've ever been like walking down the street and all of a sudden you get this movement in your body and your hair stands up and then your thought, then your mind goes, Oh, somebody's watching you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's right before that though, you get this body movement or like this more of intuitive sense. Right.
1: So I just wanted to point yes, this one thing in. out, I think that's probably one way that these things show up for leaders. And another way is they, they get a P and L that tells them you've been hitting a ceiling for yes, six yes, months yes. and they go, Oh, okay. Now I need to start watching. Yeah.
0: Thanks for bringing me back to there. I mean, that's, that's part of it. Or just watch your numbers. We talk about this yeah, every day is yeah. watch your numbers every single day. And so when the organization is stalling and, and numbers show up for that, they don't have, there's, there's there's no excuses for numbers, numbers and numbers. So when the numbers show up and the organization's hitting a ceiling, right. Uh, or the, the other thing that could show up, which I've seen before in the past is you start hearing complaints from different people unannounced to them that they're or un, like each individual doesn't know they're each talking, mm. but then they're coming to you to kind of share insights on that person. And that's when you go, huh, I've just heard this from two people. This is interesting, right? And so let me, let me look into this. I should probably look into this a little bit. I give you an interesting example. I've been dealing with something with, with a city, um, over a, a big development. And I had to, um, I had to, uh, really go high and talk to the city manager. And so I explained the city manager and he had a point of view and, and I listened to him and he said, well, our staff has a point of view. And I said, great. I said, well, have you heard from anybody else? And <laughs> just ask questions, right? I didn't get triggered, which I wanted to, I could feel myself wanting to, um, and, uh, and they said, uh, yeah, actually we have. And I said, great. And this is a very reputable individual. And I said, well, how long have you known this individual for? And he said, well, over 30 years and he's been in, in development and real estate for 50 years. I said, great. How many times has he ever reached out to you in the past 30 to 40 years? And he said, well, 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 never. And I said, well, how many times has he reached out to you in the past two weeks? And he said twice. So I said, you know, you can hear me and you can hear them. I said, there's two people now I didn't know he was reaching out to you. And we're talking about the same common denominator. It might be something you as a leader needs to look into to see if there's some truth to it versus just the information that you're hearing from somebody else. And, and to his credit, that's, I was
1: going to just say to his credit, he, he did. did,
0: he did, yes. cause you know the story he did. He went and actually talked to other in third party people trying to get a different perspective, gathering
1: the data, Gav- looking for patterns. Exactly. Yeah, staying neutral.
0: Yes. Which in when when I saw that he wasn't going to believe my point of view, instead of me trying to convince him to accept my point of view, I said, "Why don't you talk Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is me. Maybe it is our organization. Mm-hmm. I said, if it is, I need to know that. And I said, well, why don't you go talk to other people? In fact, actually, one of the things I said is I will pay to have one of my staff members go and poll all the people that have dealt with this department in the last year. And he said, well, I really wouldn't work. I said, well, great. Then why don't, I said, who are some people in the industry that you know and respect? And they labeled some people off. I said, great. Can you just go have a conversation with them about what we're having a conversation about? And to his credit, that day he mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Long conversations. Went and talked to him and he said- I've got it. And they—they they, all those people reach out to me too as well afterwards and said, hey, I just had this conversation. And I said, great, it's a confidential conversation. You don't need to share anything with me. I already know we all are on the same page there. So this is an example of, for me, of wanting to get somebody to believe my point of view, but understanding that he wasn't. And then asking questions, staying curiosity and getting a different perspective on things. So in an organization, the minute one person comes to you and says, Hey, you know, I'm not really sure how he's doing here. Right. And then if somebody else comes to you and says, Hey, you know, I don't know how to say this, but like, I'm just, and maybe even just mentioning it briefly, you go, okay, there's something that's, that's smoldering there a little bit. Now people may be going, well, that's course. That's easy. I get, I get those (laughs) when people are doing that. I think as a leader, The best thing to do is to be able to understand that before those people even come to you.
1: Yes, because I was going to just go back and say, because I still want this answer to my question, (sighs) which is these two specific examples I'm thinking of where you knew six months ahead ahead of time that we needed to make these reorganizations and put them into different positions. And what did you notice specifically that made you say, okay, I'm going to go have that conversation and let's make this happen.
0: Yeah. In fact, um, in, the, in the the other example of this, the organization is doing phenomenally well, like actually, so it's yes. not just about the yeah. organization True. not doing well. Exactly. In fact, it's soaring, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's hitting unprecedented profit numbers, which is awesome. Um, so there's always two, it's never like one scenario that's outplaying. But again, I come back to your job as a leader is to literally be looking. And I mean, just looking at like, you're looking at numbers, because the numbers from that standpoint would always say, go, go, go. They're just doing a lot. I'm just looking at how, how are people responding? How are they showing up compared to what their patterns were before? Right. Am I hearing a little bit of this? Am I getting a sense that they're just not responding as fast as they used to?
1: I was going to say sometimes miscommunication. Or yeah. Miscommunication. I, you know,
0: one of them was, I got an email from a third party that just said, Hey, you know, where, where, where is this? And I haven't seen it. And I was like, well, I thought that was done like 10 days ago. And they're like, Oh, I forgot to send it. You know, those type of things that kind of showed up and I'm like, huh, that's a check. Like when it's, I forgot to send, I'm like, that's a pretty big deal to forget to send. I know you just took care of it, but like, so then you just start watching more.
1: But then you have to get curious on that yes. too. Is it because they are over overloaded with work? Are they overwhelmed? Is there a personal issue? Going? I mean, you do yeah. have to dig in and really yes. see what the cause of that issue is. Yeah.
0: And unless there's a blatant cause for things, it'll take some time for it to reveal itself. And I will tell you, I've done this before with other people and nothing actually, and then we were able to solve the problem and it was just something going on in their life or whatever it was. And, and, and you're always kind of paying attention to those people, which is why as a leader, you can only have a certain amount of people report to you.
1: Yeah. Cause that's a lot of work. What you're yes. just explaining. Well, that's the
0: whole point. And that's why <laughs> yeah. it's like, how does a coach on a baseball team know to, to what reliever to put in, what pitcher to start first? They're looking at data, they're all doing really well,
1: right? And I'm gonna maybe mess up this analogy of <laughs> sports, but in baseball or any sports, don't they have multiple coaches because they have to have little pockets of yes. teams because I don't know how big a baseball team is, but one coach can't, well, you have one general coach effectively oversee X number of people.
0: Exactly. Then you have like a pitching coach, right? Then you have the pitching coach just deal with the pitchers and they're leading information. So that coach is getting information about, you know, who's feeling great. Who's got, who's showing up more, who's got this energy. So you're just, you're, you're, you're constantly receiving information. The thing is, is a lot of people get to a point where, um, they think that you know, it'll be so blatantly obvious most of the time. And a lot of, sometimes it is, and that's when they make moves. I think really good leaders see it before everybody else does. And what the, what the reason why they're seeing it is because they're not caught dealing with in the weeds of their business. They force themselves to stay out of that so they can actually get an elevated standpoint of seeing the total organization, seeing where it's going. That's the vision, if you will, of the organization. Then be able to provide clarity means that you're not actually in the battlefield itself. You're the one flying over, seeing where everybody is. It's easy to say that. I think people go, oh, I'm doing that, (laughs) right? I think that's where I think people get tripped up. They go, Oh no, I, 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 I'm in the weeds over here, but I know what everyone's doing in my organization. I go, no, you don't. You don't because you're too actually caught in your own world over here in your role in the organization. That's doing something versus actually elevating yourself. And that becomes your role is to actually see where everybody's going. See, that's why coaches get paid a lot of money and you're like, they're not even doing anything, right? Or like CEOs get paid all this money and they're not even doing anything. Well, th- the most important thing they are doing is actually putting the right players in the seats in the bus and reorganizing that constantly. Mm-hmm. That is a constant, that is the, or if, if the coach puts the right batter in place and the batter hits a home run to win the game, who gets the credit? <laughs> The batter. But it wasn't the coach's decision to put the pinch hitter in there to make it happen. But the funny thing is, is if they put the batter and he strikes out, guess who gets the blame, blame the coach. Coach. Yeah. And that's part of it. And just, to well, be
1: to yeah, I was gonna say leadership is what's the saying leadership is never getting credit for the successes and always getting blamed for the failures. Yes.
0: And you just gotta be okay with both of those. Yeah, You just gotta be okay with it. And if you're not, then you shouldn't be a leader. Um, just cause you just have to be. some work to do. <laughs> we all do. But in, so it's when, so the, if there's a framework that people can operate from is, is one is you should, if you are in your business, fine. I understand that. Can you take a couple hours a week? to be on the business, to really sit down and go, I wonder how Hallie's feeling today. I wonder how Caitlin's feeling today. I wonder how her workload is today. Let me just pay attention to that this week. That's the questions you should be asking yourself, which then just, I wonder how this person's doing over there. And then you just, as you start paying attention, you may walk in there and after a couple hours, you go, oh, Hallie's great. She's good right now, right? Caitlin's great. She's good right now. She's had a vacation. Whatever it is she's doing, she's fine. But you may also go in there and go, hmm, something doesn't feel right. Let me look into this more. And it's not like this; they're holding a sign up and saying, "Help me." They they may not even know it, and so that's why your job comes in there to start prying a little bit. And then that's why I love the five questions that we get because you can see people's language and patterns and stuff in there. And we've talked we've talked a lot about that before.
1: I was gonna say, and I and I think what you do is it's beyond just the individual because I think like there's that piece, and then there's also the the kind of looking at the overall organization because because the, these specific examples that we're talking about. I don't think we're we're that individual. You were saying the company needs to change and then you ended up figuring out it was actually the individual rather than the individuals having an issue yeah. and then realizing it was affecting the company. It can happen either way, yeah. I guess.
0: Actually, and you know what? Um, I, think this, I think this may be even the answer you're looking for. I actually think most leaders know what to do. Most of them aren't willing to say it or do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's just it. I think if you actually sat down with the CEO or the person running the organization or running the division and you ask them without any, it's a, Hey, here's $10 million. Tell me what you think. Their conversation changes. And so I think the only way you can operate from that standpoint is by letting go of the outcome and then fighting. And I don't mean physically fight, right? I just mean like you always, I mean, just letting go of the outcome. Actually, it was on a zoom call earlier today. And I said, the best advice I can give to you about life is to let go and fight which is a constantly like a surrender, a let go. And fighting is just a word that I was playing with that just means take action. Do something when you let go. Let go and take action. Let go and take action. Because when you're letting go, you're actually acting in the right moment. I was, you can't go wrong. I almost
1: was going to say the same thing. <laughs> know, you're right happening? on top. I know what is happening.
0: <laughs> but I think that's really what it is. I think if people stopped and actually paid attention for a few moments, they would know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know, like, like, not like in their mind, I mean like know what to do, mm-hmm. but then what happens is their mind goes, oh, you can't have that conversation. What if they leave? Oh my God, if they leave, what are we going to do with the organization? What are people going to think they, And that's what, and then they just go, oh, I can't do that. And they pay And they just like, they take all the information and they shove it down and don't ever want to think about it again. And then just go back. It'll work itself out. <laughs> I think that's just what most leaders do. I think they actually know what to do. They're just unwilling to do it. And it's so easy to say that and people go, Oh, I get that. But do you really get it? Do you really actually have the conversation? And this is something that for me has started 2010 when you were first hired. I sat you down in the new EA and I said, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) go. but I think you guys are in the wrong position and I'm glad I had that conversation, yes, right?
1: I'm glad it, you did too.
0: Yeah, and I think the best leaders are the ones, that you, you mentioned Ray Dalio before, right? Even on this podcast, but before yeah. the show, mm-hmm. you know, Ray's, that's what he talks about is just having a radical conversation. I even said to you, I said, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to sit down with your employee and your employee goes, yeah, I'm just thinking about even just, I wonder what it'd be like to be in another job. Great. Have that conversation. <laughs> because the thing is if, to prevent people from not having that conversation in itself is feeding that conversation. And if they really want to go get a new job, help them. <laughs> it's like, and then if, but if you sat down as a leader and you could actually have that conversation with your employees, I'm just using it as an example, man, the, com- the trust you would develop and you don't know what could happen. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But if they want to have that conversation, why wouldn't you have it with them? But so many people are afraid that the language that they use in the conversation is going to somehow derail their entire life. Well, it's going to happen whether way or not, and you might as well have the radical conversation. And so I think that's really the answer comes down to is if you stopped for a moment and you paid attention to your organization, to your division, to the one employee that you're leading, to the five employees that you're leading, you actually know what to do. It's just now matter. Do you have the courage to have that initial conversation? and being willing to be wrong, coming from curiosity, including yourself being wrong and constantly coming from there. Then if you just open that up to the rest of the organization, the entire organization starts to foster around this ability of trust and transparency about anything, whether you want to talk about your personal life or whether you're about like, I don't know if I can do this job anymore, right? You just try to, for people to think that they don't have that thought in their minds at times is just crazy, <laughs> Right? Like if people go up and down, they go, oh, yeah, no, it's just a thought. Thanks for letting me to talk about it. it. Right? Or it could be like, I don't know, great, let's talk about it. Is there something that we need to do? Right? I'm just using it as an example, but it could be like, I, I want to grow as a leader or I want to go over here and then have that conversation. <laughs> Man, if just people would just embrace those type of conversations without thinking the negativity of the outcomes or how it's going to impact everything, I'm not saying you don't know, strategically think through it, but you can at least have the conversation. And then once you open up that conversation, we would typically find is when you give it a voice, when people are feeling something and they give that a voice, it surfaces and you actually work through it. But you can't work through it unless you know it. The same thing in your personal life. What if you're really truthful in your relationships, in your, in your personal relationships? I mean, I don't mean like telling people like, I like you or I don't like you. I mean, really truthful for the things that you want to say. What if you approached life every day that way? like if you sat down to your partner and had a really open truthful transparency conversation from there where would that go where would that lead and you just bring that into your business life and you can't go wrong i don't mean it, it things won't show up but you can't go wrong because you're taking the right action in the right moment that's the let go and fight and if you if you take that approach You'll always have visibility into the organization and you'll see things before everybody else does. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. Really appreciate it. I want to let you know that we are going to be hosting virtually Career Visioning. Now, Career Visioning is a proven system for hiring talent. To get the highest probability when you make the hire unless you're willing to go live with somebody for like three or four years you don't always know how they're going to act when you show up into the business world but career visioning is a system that we can take people through that gives you models tools and uh, a framework for how to actually have the highest probability to make the best hire for the position that you have so if you're interested in with us for this it's happening october 20th 21st and 22nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., it's only $99. Go to adamhergenrother.com webinars to sign up. We look forward to seeing
1: you then.